Hello and welcome back to the Lockdown Seminoles podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne McGahee III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And it's been a busy week. I hope you've enjoyed it. But it's been a busy week with Florida State absolutely dismantling Florida, in-state rival Florida, on Tuesday, 81-60. to We'll have more on that in the first segment of this podcast. Um, in the second segment, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about Ian Book being out for Notre Dame and what that means for uh, for Florida State. And then we're going to talk about in the third segment we're going to talk about Florida State's quarterback situation as well as a couple other injury notes. But before we get into that, if you've you're a returning listener to the podcast, thank you very much for your support. Um, I really do appreciate it. If you're a new listener and don't know who I am, like I said, I am the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I've covered Florida State for each of the last four years. I started off as an intern on the NoldDigest.com and the Scout Network and worked my way up to the publisher of that site before getting the job as the Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. I cover football, baseball, basketball, and recruiting. Football, I will be up in... In South Bend, Indiana, when Florida State takes on Notre Dame this Saturday, I cover every home away bowl game. Uh, anytime Willie Taggart speaks, anytime a player speaks, any any open practice to the media, I'm there and covering it. So I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the football program at Florida State. For basketball, I cover every basketball home game as well as um, any postseason basketball games. I was out in Nashville and Los Angeles for Florida State's Elite Eight run this past year, and. I also cover, you know, mo- you know, some practices as well as any ma- media availability with Coach Leonard Hamilton and his players. So, baseball, I cover every baseball home game. Anytime there's media availability in the postseason baseball games, I was out in Omaha for the College World Series uh, a couple years ago when Florida State made it out there. I also cover every major and minor recruiting event. So, I have a pretty good idea of what's going on around the Florida State uh, program in the three major sports at Florida State. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, basketball and football today. You know, basketball season just started. Florida State, number 15 in the country, and absolutely walloped the Gators on Tuesday. I mean, it was an absolute beatdown. Um, Florida State was up 74-39 to 39 with five minutes and change to go in the game, and they called off the dogs. Leonard Hamilton called off the dogs. He emptied his bench, and Florida was able to make a run and, you know, cut it to uh, – to just 21 points in the win. Um, if Florida State had kept its starters in, it could have won by 50. I mean, they could have named their score. They could have hit 100. They could have taken and uh, held Florida to under 50. That's how good the defense was playing for Florida State. And it really all started on the defensive end. It was so fun to watch the defense just get after it. This team is long, athletic, and they understand what they're doing Um Last year at the beginning of the season, they had a, a lot of guys that weren't really locked into what they were doing on defense. There's no question that Florida State was locked in on defense against Florida. They, um, you know, everybody was playing, played in an increased level. Trent Forrest has always been a, a great defensive player, but he he really stepped it up. The biggest surprise on the defensive end of the court was MJ Walker. Walker came into Florida State last year as a five-star recruit, as a guy that was looked at primarily as a scorer. Uh, he had a decent impact last year, uh, but he didn't really shoot that well down the stretch. But he absolutely lit it up on defense. I mean, he set the tone for Florida State early in the game. I was really impressed by what I saw from him, his his energy and just the, the way he played the game. I mean, he, he had two steals. He was diving on the ground for loose balls. He was knocking down shots. He had 10 points in the first half. I don't believe he scored in the second half, but, man, was he fun to watch in the he, – he was really, really fun to watch in the game. He 
he just he finally knocked down a three, which is a great great sign for Florida State. He didn't hit one past uh, February last year, so it was good to see him knock knock one of those down. And he was just playing with an increased confidence level. And you know, after the game, he said he wanted to go out and be the toughest guy on the court. For a guy who came in as a scorer and didn't really play as hard on the defensive end last season as you know maybe he could have. That mentality is something that's going to carry Florida State a long way because you could see the other guys were feeding off it and feeding off each other. They were getting into passing lanes. They were playing, I mean, they were playing extremely hard on defense. They held Florida to 20 points in the first half. In the second half, Florida ended up with uh, with 40 points, but most of that, I mean, most of that came in the final, you know, five minutes. They scored 21 points in the final five minutes to get to 60 um, because Florida State called off the dogs. I mean, that it very well could be you know, Florida State winning that game 100-40. to 40. Like, It was that dominating. Florida coach Mike White said he was shell-shocked. He, hopes that, he hoped that they weren't as bad as they, they looked against Florida State, and that Florida State was a really, really good, um, really, really good basketball team. Yeah, it was – Florida State's win was a little lost on the you – know, nationally because Duke was absolutely obliterating number two Kentucky at the same time on, uh, on ESPN. Florida State was playing on ESPN too, so – Maybe not as many people um, saw it, but it was an extremely impressive performance, you know, and it was a good atmosphere. You know, Florida State had 11,000 people in the stands. It wasn't a great atmosphere at the, you know, five minutes before the game, but it really filled in nicely. The student section came out and it was packed. I mean, it was a really nice atmosphere and, you know, Florida State fans showed up for a 9 p.m. game on election night. Yeah, that give a lot of credit to the Florida State fans for doing that because they filled in the stadium very uh not the stadium, but the, the arena very nicely. But, I mean, P.J. Savoy was playing. You know, he, he had his issues on the defensive end, but he dropped 25 pounds in the offseason. And, man, I mean, you, you can tell the difference, especially with his effort on the defensive end. He had 20 points, hit five of his, uh, five of his seven three-point attempts. That's going to be what he does. When he is on, he is absolutely on. And he gave, you know, he gives Florida State just an added dynamic. You know, Trent Forrest shot really well. He really improved his shot. He knocked down a three-pointer. He went six of six on free throws, one of one from three-point range, and then three of four. You know, he was extremely efficient. He had five assists. I mean, he he, he was the point guard that I expected him to be for Florida State. I, I do expect him to get more than one rebound in the game, but that's not because Florida State was rebounding poorly. Yeah, they had a bunch of guys out there rebounding. Terrence Mann was all over the court. He fin- only finished with nine points in the game, but he also had nine rebounds. He was all over the court. Um, Chris Kamaji had uh, had nine points as well, five rebounds. It was you know it wasn't the norm, normal number a number of blocks that we see from a Florida State defense, but they had nine steals. Seven different player had a, uh, players had a steal in the game. Florida State was playing locked in on the defensive end of the court. Um, you know Florida State shot very well from three, making almost forty eight percent of their three pointers in the game. Um, you know it was, it was just an all around excellent performance from Florida State. And I'm not really surprised. If you listened to my podcast before, you know that I've been high on this basketball team. I didn't know they were capable of doing that because I do think Florida's going to end up being an NCAA tournament team. And I didn't know that Florida State was capable of absolutely just dominating them to the point to where their coach said it was the worst butt-whipping he'd ever had. I mean, it was... Like like I said, Florida State could have named its score and held Florida to whatever it wanted to. Um, the defense was just so locked in. 
I mean, it was it was truly, truly an impressive performance. I just can't say enough about what uh, what Florida State was able to do. I mean, across the board, every single scholarship player that was available to play scored in that game. You know, and, and they did it. The, the crazy thing is, Florida State managed to do this all without Phil Kofer, leading scorer from last year, averaged about five rebounds per game. Florida State did this without it without him. You know, they, they, they did it with a sick Fiondu Kabangili. I mean, he, he hadn't practiced for like five days leading up to the game. He practiced the day before, but that was the first time he'd been on the, on, on the court in like six days. You know, this, it, it, it was, I mean, it was really, really impressive. I really liked what I saw from David Nichols. He didn't shoot well. He only shot one for five. But, man, he was a lightning rod on the defensive end of the court. I thought he played extremely well. Um he he played well, especially on defense. He had he had a few turnovers. It wasn't wasn't you know the best overall offensive performance from him, but I was I was very impressed by what I saw from him on the defensive end of the court. And I do believe he's a significant upgrade from C.J. Walker. Significant upgrade from uh, from C.J. Walker. But you know I, I liked what I saw from Devin Vassell. You know he wasn't he wasn't afraid of the moment. He came out shooting. He didn't shoot particularly well, but that's going to come with time. He's a guy that uh, that is going to continue to get better as as his role increases. Wyatt Wilkes only played like five minutes in the game, but he ended up with three rebounds, two points. Um, Anthony Polite was the first player, first uh, redshirt freshman off the bench. He finished with five points, uh, and Raquan Gray uh, finished with two points, but he uh, he he obviously didn't have the best game. He had four fouls, two points, and one rebound. But Gray's a guy that's as his. As he gets more used to college basketball, it's going to be uh, it's going to be better to watch. But Florida State absolutely thrashed Florida. I, you know, I'm not surprised that they did it. I'm surprised at the way they did it and how you know thorough of a beating it actually was. But I'm looking forward to watching this team play for the rest of the season. They've got Tulane at Tulane on uh, on Sunday. That's the next time they play. But I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to watching this team going forward. We're going to find out. You know more about this team later in November when they potentially play number twenty three LSU, um, defending national champion Villanova, and then come back home to play Purdue in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So I'm looking forward to this uh, this college basketball season, and I want to see what Florida State has against those uh, those highly ranked teams. But that'll do it for this uh, first segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed it and we'll get into some more football stuff because Florida State takes on Notre Dame, number 3 Notre Dame this Saturday. But before we get into that, we all love a night out whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to and you can sort by price or look for seats in the section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all capitalized, no spaces, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee, so make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this second segment. The big news from Thursday is that uh, Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book will not play against Florida State on Saturday. That is a huge loss for them. Book has been uh, 
I mean, the most efficient quarterback in the country since he took over the starting role in week four. Um, he's completing almost 75% of his passes, 74.5% of his passes, and he's got 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. It's a huge, huge drop-off between him and Brandon Wimbush, who was completing like 54% of his passes heading into the season. Or, I'm sorry, through the first three games as a starter this season and had one touchdown to four interceptions. He's he's a serious step down for Notre Dame, and that's you know that that's only going to help Florida State that that um, Book wasn't able to play. the The bad news about it is like they are very different types of quarterback. Wimbush is more of a running threat than than Book is, though. Book can can uh, can move around, but Wimbush set the Notre Dame record for uh, rushing touchdowns by a quarterback with fourteen last season. So I mean, he he's a guy that led a uh, you know, almost led Notre Dame to to the college football playoff before they stumbled in in uh, November of last year. So he's a he's a decent game manager. He's not a great overall quarterback. He does run, but it it is a serious step down. And with Florida State's you know run defense, if Florida State's run defense can not do what it did last week against NC State and actually fill gaps, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Wimbush for uh for him to step up in some pretty bad conditions it's supposed to be in in the 20s there's supposed to be snow on the ground uh, it's going to be cold there's spo- the wind is supposed to be just absolutely howling um for the game and that's going to affect both quarterbacks we'll get into Florida State's quarterback situation in just uh in in the next segment but we'll get into that in just a minute but uh with that you know book had a much better chance of of handling those conditions because he is that much better of a passer if Florida State can limit what Notre Dame can do on the ground, which is something that Pitt did. They only ran for 80 yards against Pitt, and Pitt was able to keep the game close. It ended up being 19-14. Notre Dame pulled out a win. But if Florida State can limit what um, what Notre Dame is able to do on the ground, this game could be a little bit closer than, than most people uh, expect, especially with Wimbush starting. So I don't think I'm going to come out and predict a Florida State win. I'm not confident enough to do that because – uh, like I said, the the weather conditions are going to be horrible, and Florida State can't run the football. But you know, I do think it's this closes the gap. This is going to close the gap. It's going to close the scoring gap because without Book, I'm not sure how Wimbush is going to be able to lead this Notre Dame offense down the field. Um, you know, I mean, he uh, his numbers were not great at all. This uh, is in his three games as a starter, he threw four interceptions. It wasn't, it wasn't exactly the, the prettiest performance. They won all of those games. Notre Dame is nine and zero, and they're nine and zero for a reason because that defense is very good and the running game is very good. But they struggled, um, they struggled offensively with Wimbush in the lineup. He, you know, he, he completed fifty four point five percent of his passes against Michigan. He threw three picks against Ball State. Against Vanderbilt, he completed. You know, he had one hundred and thirty five yards passing. You know, he's he's just not a good quarterback, and it's you know it's it's a, I think it's going to be a bigger issue than not not really a bigger issue, but it's it's going to be an issue for Notre Dame to be able to find find the results in the passing game that they have recently. I mean, Ian Book has been just special good for them over the past five games or six games, and. You know, stepping back to Wimbush in those types of conditions with that is going to be 
it, it, I mean, it, it's going to be a step back. You know, Florida State's pass defense hasn't hasn't been great. They're obviously banged up. Levante Taylor is not going to play for the second straight game. You know, Stanford Samuels the third moved back to corner from safety, so Florida State's safety situation isn't great. They've got probably a true freshman, Asante Samuel Jr., starting opposite of of Stanford Samuels. So, you know, Florida State's secondary isn't isn't in position to uh, to combat a really really good passing offense right now. And the weather conditions is only going to help them out. If Florida State's linebackers can trigger downhill and stop the run and fit their gaps, unlike what they did against NC State, then this game you know, could grind to a halt. It's, you know, I, at this point, I would expect it to be an ugly, ugly game on both, uh, on both sides with both offenses struggling um, to throw the football and trying to rely on a rushing attack. I will say Notre Dame's rushing attack is much better than Florida State's is. Dexter Williams has been excellent. Uh, this year, he's averaging six over six yards a carry. He has eight touchdowns, and 568 yards. So, they're you know Notre Dame's running attack is far better than Florida State's, but with the with the passing attack not being as big of an option, Florida State's you know the strength of Florida State's defense has been stopping the run all season. If they can return to that form, you know like they like I mean even like they were against Clemson before things got out of hand. Yeah, this uh, this game could be be sloppy and, and be close at the end of it, but we'll have to wait and see if that happens. But Ian Book will not start for Notre Dame against Florida State. In the next segment, we'll talk about which quarterback will start for uh, for Florida State and if the if a decision has been made on uh, on that. But before we get into that, are you sick and tired of paying for twenty channels you never watch when you just want to see Florida State win? then you've got to check out Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network. The ACC Network will probably be on it when it comes out next season. And you can stream on your uh, big screen and all your favorite devices. So there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel any time. So sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial just to check it out. Locked On listeners can get their seven-day free trial by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com forward slash locked on. So make sure you don't miss the next big game because you're still fighting with, ch- with cable. Check out Sling TV. Thanks for sticking with me as we head into the final segment of today's Locked On Seminoles podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about Florida State's quarterback battle. And, uh, you know, Willie Taggart spoke today about, about the quarterback battle, and there's still no decision. Um, you know, there's still two more days of practice, as he pointed out. They don't really practice on Friday, so they practice on Thursday. But we'll have to wait until game time for a decision on Florida State's starting quarterback. He said they're close, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, we talked on Tuesday about DeAndre Francois saying that he was still the number one guy, and Taggart has made that clear. Uh, Taggart walked back that statement on Thursday, but... Um, you know, saying that he, he hopes all of their quarterbacks feel that way, that they're the number one guy. Then he went on to say that uh, he's going to have to ask him about that. That's the first time he heard it. I personally don't believe that. Um, everybody on the beat wrote that DeAndre Francois said he was the number one guy. I mean, it was the main thing everybody on social media was talking about. So unless, you know, Willie and his entire coaching staff, the SID department, the, um, you know, the players – Unless nobody mentioned it to him, and nobody follow is on social media, and you know nobody 
looks at the paper, then I find it hard to believe that he, uh, that's the first time he heard about that. But either way, is DeAndre Francois still the number one guy? We'll have to wait until Saturday to see. Uh, Taggart did say on the ACC teleconference on Wednesday that he doesn't know why it's a big issue, uh, which quarterback will start. I mean, you know, it's only the most important position on the field, right? You know, I mean, but he went on to say that they both can win for us and, um, you know, that he feels really good about the the, uh, the situation that they're in at quarterback. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see if he – I mean, he may truly believe that. Um, I don't think DeAndre Francois has been bad this year. I do think James Blackman has been – has been uh, was better than Francois looked at all this season against NC State. And I would personally like to see James Blackman start. I think I've, I've said that since before the bye week. Um, I would like to see James Blackman get his get his shot at quarterback. He finally got a shot, and now Taggart might be considering going back to Francois, who hasn't really run the offense uh, offense well um, well enough this season. He's you know he, he struggled to make pre snap reads. He's thrown for a lot of yards, and you know his downfield passing has been excellent. But Blackman proved last weekend that he could throw the ball downfield. You know that was a very much improved aspect of his game after last uh, last season. He threw a decent deep ball last season, but what we saw on on Saturday against NC State was a step forward in that regard. You know, I mean he he threw uh, he spread the ball around. He threw the ball in, in short better. I mean it was I think better. James Blackman played better than DeAndre Francois had at any point this season. So I would like to see Willie Taggart go with James Blackman. I think you know the team would like. To uh, to see to see for, uh, Taggart go with James Blackman, they love that kid. You could tell that they were playing hard for him all the way to the end last week, and you know, like Francois, he's been he's been better as a leader this year. He's he has been. There's there's no denying that. But there's just a different level of respect that they have for James Blackman for a guy that's you know been in been on the sidelines and never once has been you know hasn't been engaged hasn't cheered for his teammates when they've done something well hasn't celebrated with those guys haven't hasn't done everything he he's uh he could to try and pump up his teammates when things were going wrong you know I I think this team will play harder for James Blackman than they will with DeAndre Francois and as we saw in the Clemson game effort is an issue you know, you, all you have to do is look back to the Clemson game. You can look back to last year. Effort is an issue with these players because, you know, the, the culture at Florida State still isn't great. And, you know, I think that Taggart needs to go with the guy that his guys want to play for, the guys that, you know, the, the, the guy that the team believes in. I'm not saying they don't believe in DeAndre, but they are 100% behind James Blackman in every way, shape, and form. Everybody who's talked about him, that's spoken about James Blackman over the past few weeks have just have rave reviews about what he does as a teammate. You want that at quarterback, and you know the only way you don't start that guy is if he's you know significantly or if he's less talented and having less success running the offense. That's not the case. All you have to do is go look back to last week when he absolutely lit up a bad NC State secondary, but he looked better doing it than Francois had at any point this season. So. I think Florida State needs to go to James Blackman. Um, I would be really disappointed in Willie Taggart if he decides to go back to DeAndre Francois after everything. Um, you know, after everything that's happened this year and just how poorly he's run the offense at times. That's not to say, I think, you know, I, I do want to qualify that. It's not because he's been a, a bad quarterback. He's been excellent throwing the ball down the field. 
You know, he, Florida State's passing game has been really the only source of offense Florida State's had the entire season. So I'm not saying that he's been awful. I'm just saying that when it comes to pre-snap reads and doing the little things that makes this offense run at the level it's supposed to run at, Francois hasn't done that well. And Blackman did that far better in his one game against NC State than Francois has through the first eight games of the season. So I personally, I think uh, James Blackman needs to start. Uh, I think I would be very disappointed if he doesn't start. And I think that would be a, a really bad sign for things moving forward that Taggart would be stuck on one guy, you know, despite everything he's seen and despite people, you know, in the Florida State program wanting to go to James because they believe in him. So I think it would be a, a poor decision if Taggart does go with, uh, with DeAndre Francois over James Blackman, but we're going to have to wait until Saturday to see. But that's going to do it for, oh, I'm sorry. There's uh, one more thing. Florida State's offensive line took another blow today. Um, Cole Minshew, who hasn't practiced the first two days of the week, did not practice again today. He's out for the game, which means that Mike Arnold is going to have to start probably along with Arthur Williams. Um, it, that's that's obviously not great. Minshew's been Florida State's best offensive lineman for, you know, since Landon Dickerson went out. Dickerson only played in two games. He's still out, by the way. I expect him to miss the season. I expected him to miss the season when it was announced that, uh, you know, that he had that injury. But, I mean, that that is what it is. But, you know, losing Cole is going to really hurt Florida State, especially in the run game because he is such an excellent run blocker. He plows the road, and, um, you know, they're going to lose that experience out there. So Florida State's offensive line takes another hit. We'll start a uh, – Ninth, their ninth different offensive line combination in 10 games, which has got to be some sort of record. I, I would imagine that it is. I mean, I, I just don't even understand how that even happens, where you have to start nine different offensive line combinations. Not nine different guys, nine different starting combinations. That's, that's ridiculous. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. We'll be back on Friday. Giving, uh, we'll have my predictions for the game the players that I think will uh, will step up, the players that need to step up, and uh, we'll also do a little bit more of a, of a preview to, uh, to start. But that'll do it for this edition of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I hope, you, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to check it out and on your favorite uh, podcast site and like it, favorite it, you know, share it, whatever. If you have any, uh, any Florida State friends that enjoy listening to podcasts, make sure you tell them about it. I do appreciate all the support that you guys have given me and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow. So have a wonderful day.